And we are live. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Frankly Speaking on Fridays podcast. I am your host, Frank Pador. It is currently 6.15 p.m. Eastern Time on November 26th, 2021. Ladies and gentlemen, it's another Friday. Another week has con. A con. God. I'm tired. I'll explain why. But another week has come. Another week has gone. A holiday happened yesterday, and it's very likely, potentially, that you're still with your family as of this Friday and potentially tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday. Potentially. But safe travels to you all. If you celebrate the Thanksgiving holiday, then happy Thanksgiving. If you don't celebrate the Thanksgiving holiday, then... uh, happy yesterday to you. You're doing great. (laughs) So another week has come. Another week has gone. Another podcast is here. And I am now speaking to you, the lovely listening audience. Oh boy. I am, I am tired. I am beat, but you know what? It was worth it. It was a good tired. It's a good beat. And just, you know, a lot of, a lot of driving for me. And uh, probably for many of you as well. Again, we'll get all into that. Let me hype you up for this week. You know what? Another week has gone by. And you know what? You did it. You got through that week. You went through another week circling a giant ball of fire on a piece of rock that has a lot of water. Most of it that you can't even drink. So, I mean, hey, good for you. Surviving the odds. Going past the odds. That's great. And you know what? Maybe you relaxed. Maybe because of the holiday season, you just kind of, you had some days to yourself. You decided, you know what? I deserve some me time. I'm going to, I'm not going to do anything today. You know what? Good for you. We all need our me time. And if you took advantage of that, excellent. Keep it going. Keep it up. But you know, not forever because we all have things to do. And you know what? If you didn't celebrate Thanksgiving, that's fine. That's great. I understand. Honestly, I most of the world doesn't. So, hey, good job, the rest of the world. You had another Thursday, which I hope was good for you. Got through another week. Things are great. Things are good. We are doing it. We are surviving together as one whole race. We're getting there. We're getting there. You can tell. Like, that hype wasn't really too high. I was tiring myself out from trying to hype everyone else up. But hey, another week is gone. Another week is coming. We can do it. Let's strap on in, and we'll get it done. So, I have a shot here. As always, commemorate the stream. Commemorate the podcast with a shot. So, I have some brandy here, given the holiday, and also just because there's not a whole lot left to this bottle, so gotta get through it so here's to you here's to me here's to those who celebrated the holidays and to those who didn't and to episode 12 of the frankly speaking on fridays podcast Hmm. that was actually pretty good uh the shot the brandy that i had was e and j um oh e and j VS, okay. Yeah, that went down quite smooth. So, why am I tired? I'll tell you why. 
because like many people, I went ahead and traveled for the holiday. I'm an American. I live in Indiana. So I celebrate Thanksgiving. So I drove to my hometown in Illinois in order to visit my family, which has been, it has been the first holiday that I've celebrated with my family since the beginning of the pandemic. First holiday. I mean, I've had my parents come and visit every so often, but I haven't celebrated. I didn't celebrate Thanksgiving with them last year, nor Christmas. Uh, so it was nice to actually do that whole traditional type of thing again. And my brother, Broism, told me that this Thanksgiving holiday is actually the most anticipated and now proven uh, amount of people traveling for this holiday in the past four years. And one of the reasons why that is, is yes, because of the pandemic and because people haven't seen each other in a long time to celebrate these things, such as myself. But then there are other reasons, such as there are people who have passed away uh, as a result of the pandemic, either last year or even this year as a result of COVID. And so now that restrictions have more or less been lifted and people can freely travel and fly from state to state, they're kind of having family time. They might actually be mourning as well as a result of those members or friends who have passed away as a result of the pandemic and because of the virus and they want more closeness and more time together. Which is unfortunate that for those of you who fit under that circumstance, for that to actually be the case. But at the same time, I think it is also, um, it's kind of beautiful in its own right. We are finally together. We are able to be together. We're able to mourn and celebrate together the loss of of this person. So, um, here we go. Let's, here's to them. This, this turkey leg is to them. This is the one that they always loved and wanted. And now it's mine. Actually, there's something like that that my family does. My, I guess, unkism. <laughs> unkism, who has passed away. Uh, some years ago now, uh, two or three, he, um, every single holiday, didn't matter what, Thanksgiving, Christmas, uh, Easter, uh, Unkism and, uh, Gramism would come over to my childhood home and Unkism would always bring over celery sticks with easy, like canned string cheese just sprayed in the middle. And when he passed, we, um, all of us just agreed, you know, that's something that he always did. It's basically family tradition. We're gonna, we're gonna continue it. And this Thanksgiving yesterday was no exception. Uh, Sissism came in with celery sticks with 
uh, spray string cheese in the middle. So I understand. And for those of you who have lost members and of your family and, and friends as a result of the virus, and you're finally able to sit down around your loved ones and are able to celebrate and mourn together, then you have my condolences and you also have my support. I think that is a lovely thing. So I can understand why there is that great influx of travel. It's because now we're actually able to come together again. And I suppose have something feel a little bit normal in the past year, almost two. So I went home and it was great. I love seeing my family. I had a lovely time. I had a great time seeing them. And it brought me back to uh, a couple of roots, actually. It kind of reinvigorated a little bit inside of me. Uh, I saw my nephews again. I have three nephisms. <laughs> this is becoming ridiculous. What if what if I had like a aunt twice removed from my from my family? What what would I call her? Aunt secondism or unt secondism? Now well, we're just becoming German. Um anyway. I saw my nephisms. They're getting big. Uh one may or may not be listening right now. Don't you dare repeat anything that that Uncle Frank says. Anyway, so it was great to see them. I saw two dogs, two cats. Uh, one dog that loves me and the other dog that is bigger and, well, I'm still a stranger to that bigger dog, which is fine. And... Anyway, uh, what did it revigorate? Yeah, so as I mentioned, uh, maybe a podcast or two ago, I've kind of picked up, I found an acoustic guitar that I've been playing and strumming on. Well, it just came to my recollection that my <clears throat> bro-in-law-ism, you see, look at how ridiculous this is becoming. <laughs> my brother-in-law has been holding on to a guitar for me that I thought I sold off. And it is a seven-string Ibanez guitar. And I remembered, oh, no, I didn't sell it off. He has it. So, I have it now. And for the past couple of nights before going to bed, you know, in my childhood home, uh, watching TV on the couch, I've been strumming and plucking away and just re-familiarizing myself with the Ibanez and I tell you what I must have played that guitar more than I remember because how the guitar feels and how good the strings feel uh, against my fingers like it all just it came back with a little bit more ease uh, so I look forward to now having it here no it's not out it's in its case but I look forward to continuing my musical reintegration exploration of guitar. So that's re reinvigorated that for me. Another thing that uh, seeing my family did was not only just being a part of my family and tasting my father, uh, dadism's wonderful cooking. Oh my goodness. He, had, he made a soup for us that he's never made before his borscht. If you know what borscht is, then good for you. If you don't, it's basically beet soup. It's beet, potatoes, carrots, and onions 
stewed in with uh, vegetable broth and some spices. It's delicious. And, no, I won't say it. Make it for yourself, or if you're able to sample it, sample it, because it's actually surprisingly good. I went in there thinking I wouldn't like it. You know what? I didn't have seconds, because there's a bunch of food that we had. But, I might have. I might have had seconds. <laughs> I have more here for leftovers, so I'll definitely be having some more. But, yeah, it's quite good. But, uh, God, uh, something else that, um, that we did was, uh, oh, my family plays rummy. A lot of rummy. So we played rummy. We did that. Saw, uh, my cousism and second cousism. See, this is getting stupid. I can't put ism on all of my family members. But it also just kind of brought back to me, you know, being around that environment, being around my family, uh, we, we support, we love each other, and I'm fortunate enough to have a relationship with both my siblings, all three of my nephews, and both of my parents, where I can consider them, I can consider each and every one of them, you know, yes, we're family related, we're blood but they're my friends, and they're my support. And being around uh, them again, just in person, has kind of kindled something, I suppose, a little bit. Uh, for those of you who follow my personal YouTube channel, which is just my name, Frank Pedor, uh, nothing has been uploaded in a while. I haven't been writing any short stories. I haven't been narrating any Grimm Brothers. I haven't been doing anything with that channel. And I think the reason why that is is because... Well, I'll just say that production for my third audiobook has been stalled. And for a while now. For no explanation as to why. And it's kind of really bummed me out. Because I was enjoying myself. I was feeling like I was on a roll. Like I could I could keep going. I understood these characters. I understood where the story was going. Let's go. Come on. Bring on the next bring on the next hundred line of characters. I'm ready to voice them all. Like I was amped. I was I was on a roll. I was ready to go. And then it stopped. I found an error. And it hasn't been corrected, so I can't continue. So I think that that hypeness, that that run, that adrenaline, that excitement, that I was ready to continue and push on forward into the third audiobook, because of that abrupt and long continuation of stall, I think that kind of just killed all my narration juice. Which is a shame, because uh, I know that there are people who enjoy my bedtime stories, and there hasn't been a bedtime story in quite a while. So, seeing my folks and my family, and I never mentioned him, 
on this podcast before, but there's a friend of broism who is also in the kind of the same line that I am. He is a, he's a good man, has a good voice. He asked me for advice a couple of times as far as narrations go. He sent me uh, a couple of his vocal reels. I listened to them. I uh, critique them, honestly, but fairly. I'm not mean about that. And he's doing well. Saw him. He's not a competitor to me. He's he's a comrade. He's, he's a, a companion within the narration and the vocal world. So seeing him and hearing of his success, I'm like, you know what? I haven't done anything with narration. I need to get back on that horse. And I want to. And I will. And that's the thing. There's one thing that's... It's a whole mental thing. You can always say, yeah, I hope I can do that. Yeah, you know, I think I'm going to do that. Hope and think is not definite. You will do that. If you want it, you're going to do it. Because that's the only way to get it. So I'm not going to hope. I'm not going to think that I'm going to do my bedtime stories. Or continue my little ideas that I have for narrative stories. No, I'm going to do them. And you all will see the fruits of my labor. And I hope you enjoy. Period. So that's kind of what seeing my family did for me. And of course, being back in Illinois, I, uh, <laughs> along with Unkism, uh, another one of the things that he drank almost religiously, was uh, old style beer. Heinemann's old style classic lager. Old. I have a. I have a can right here in my hand. I brought one up with me, in order to chase with the brandy. Bad combination. Don't do it. Sparkling pure spring water. <laughs> my family calls this old pile, but Unkism loved it and. Every single time I go back to Illinois, I have to pick up a couple of cases. So, um, if you have a family member like that, um, you have their favorite drink, you know, raise a glass, raise a can, used to them. Oh, God. <laughs> it's disgusting. But I drink it. Anyway, uh, but that's all I can really say about, you know, yesterday, the past couple of days. It, I think I drove probably 500 miles round trip in order to see my family. But it's worth it. Seeing them and, um, you know, it kind of going home kind of brings you back to your roots a little bit. And I was hoping that's what it would do for me. And uh, I think it did it. I really think it did it. So I'm trying to trying to walk away with a little bit more of a positive attitude because things have been a little rough. Not too bad. No, I'm emotionally fine. Mentally, I'm fine. Physically, I need to work out, but that's <laughs> fine as well. But, you know, just other aspects have um, kind of brought me down a little bit. But I think visiting my family and coming back with that you know, that Kindle being lit of, damn it, this is what I want to do with my life. This is what will make me happy. I'm going to do it. And I think 
We all need that every so often. Also, if you're wondering what's happening to my voice, I don't know why, but um, thinking of my family and uh, my unkism, it's kind of making me choked a little bit. So, yeah, there's that. It's weird. Anyway, all that said, I can only hope that your uh, potential visit and reuniting with your family did the same thing for you. It all just comes down to reevaluating what you're doing with your life, where you want to go, what you want to do, where you want to be. Not to sound like a high school counselor or anything of that nature, but where do you see yourself in five years? Well, literally to this day, November 26, 2021, in two months, January 26, 2022, I will turn 30. So now I'm thinking to myself, where do I see myself when I'm age 35? What do I want to be doing? What goals do I have set for myself? What do I wish to have accomplished? That high school counselor question, um, I think is important. Uh, we can do that at any time. It doesn't even have to be five years. It can be one year. Hello, Shelby's. Not everyone experiences holidays like you. Not everyone's family is supportive. Yeah. Yeah, that's also true. And I mean, if, if that's the case, then one, I'm sorry. Uh, but two, I want to say have to rely on friends and adopted family. Yeah, like I feel and I want to say, and it might be broad or ignorant, I don't know, but I want to say that if that is the case where your family isn't supportive, if you have that support of friends and adopted family, have them be your, uh, your support. Unfortunately, that's very true, uh, Shelby. I um, I am very lucky and fortunate to have the family that I have, and not everyone has that, and I know that. Uh, I can think of uh, growing up, just my own friends and people who have come and gone within my life. You know, their parents divorced. Um, their siblings don't talk to each other. They hate their parents. Uh, there's so many circumstances. Even if you're friendly or great with your parents or your family, yeah, they could still be very old school. They can still be very judgmental. And yeah, you have your freedom, but this is how they would have preferred your life to be. Um, and that's... that's horribly difficult and I can't relate all I can really say is find the positive people who support you and your endeavors and stay close to them because you know that they have your best interest because they keep what you want in mind 
And I will say further, you know, if you don't even have that, you just have nothing but negativity around you and you feel and you are literally on your own, one, you're never on your own. There are support groups, there are people, hell, you can even, if you just want to sh just vent, want someone to talk to, yes, there are, there are phone numbers out there um, that you can call. But if you even just want to talk to me and just shoot the shit via email, please do. Fsofpodcast at gmail.com. Talk to me. Send me, invent to me, whatever you want. I won't share it. I don't have to. I don't need to. But I don't know where or how I heard it, but somewhere down the line I heard, you know, no matter who you are, no matter how alone you may feel, there is at least one person who wants you around. Who, even if you feel that you will be burdening them to just talk to them, do it. Because they would rather you succeed and for you to vent and thrive. Holidays can be joyful, but not for everyone. Yeah, very true. I talked about one unkism. I'll speak of another unkism who is currently alive. Who I need to write a letter to. No, my arm is not broken. I will get it out, I promise. <laughs> um, one of my unkisms, uh, actually my last unkism, he um, grew up in a, excuse me, not friendly household. I will say that much. And so when holidays do come about, he actually turns his phone off not to receive any phone calls or I'd be surprised if he knows what a text is. I know he knows what a text is. He doesn't like texts, but he turns his phone off on holidays, especially Christmas, because he just has such horrid memories of holidays from his childhood even to this day, years and years later, it still haunts him. So no, holidays are not joyful for everyone. But even being for those people um, who don't experience or have bad memories of holidays, it's good to be there for them to the best of our ability. So... Yeah, all I can really say is find find the light in your life. Find your support group. Create your support group. And uh, pursue your dreams and pursue your passions and what you want. That's all I can really say. And for me, visiting my family has kind of did that for me a little bit. If you need to find an external source for you in order to be inspired and what have you, please do. Or I urge you to. Life is too short otherwise. So, <clears throat> enough of that. That's why I'm tired because 
I traveled another five hours in order to get back home in order to do, you know, this podcast and, and see what lovely decor my roommate has done to the house. It's great. It looks great. So, uh, there are two things that I want to talk about, uh, other than just, you know, you know, holiday stuff, this and that thing. Number one is we have to uh, congratulate Dark Souls. Why? Well, I'll tell you why. Uh, with this very short article, which I will post in the chat, and it will also be found on descriptions below. So, one day ago on GameRant.com by Jonathan Ammerman, the uh, Dark Souls named ultimate game of all time by golden joystick awards golden joystick awards introduce new awards to celebrate 50 years of gaming and dark souls takes home the prize of ultimate game of all time so let's see what this is all about mr jonathan writes this the golden joystick awards have been around since 1983 as one of the longest-running video game awards in the industry. Back in inaugural ceremony, a game called Jetpack took home the Game of the Year award, and titles such as Sonic the Hedgehog, Super Mario 64, The Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion, and The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild have been named number of one since. The Golden Joystick Awards 2021 winners have been announced, but this year... A new category was also added, and Dark Souls was chosen as the winner. Dark Souls is now a 10-year-old game, but the impact of the title has had on the gaming community and the industry at large is hard to deny. While 2009 Demon's Souls was the first of the Souls games, many would argue that the popularity of the series exploded with Dark Souls in 2011. I would agree to that. With the Golden Joystick Awards being a People's Choice Award that is entirely voted on by fans, Dark Souls was able to take home an incredibly prestigious prize of ultimate game of all time. To celebrate 50 years of video gaming, going all the way back to 1971's Computer Space, the Golden Joystick Awards added two special awards this year. The award of ultimate hardware of all time was given to the PC, which makes sense given the fact that fans have been enjoying gaming on the platform for decades. Meanwhile, the title of ultimate game of all times was awarded to Dark Souls. In a Twitter statement and an article published on Yahoo Japan, Dark Souls director Hidetaka Miyazaki said that he was deeply moved by the award according to Google Translate. Miyazaki said that it is unbelievable to him that fans voted for his game among all of the nominees. He thanked everyone at From Software and Bandai Namco Entertainment, as well as the fans for their ongoing support. Dark Souls is an unabashedly difficult game. Unabashedly, thank you. Difficult game. But completing the challenges comes with a true feeling of satisfaction. Not plural, just satisfaction. 
Fans have voted for Dark Souls as one of the more frustrating games ever in the past, just as fans now voted for Dark Souls as the ultimate game of all time. It is a game that happens to have only grown in popularity over time as the Souls genre has continued to influence the industry as a whole. There were some other titles hot on the heels of Dark Souls in terms of the voting. The winner received 12%, but 1993's Doom was at 11%, and The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild received 10% of the voting. Games like The Last of Us, Minecraft, Street Fighter 2, Tetris, and Halo Combat Evolved were also nominated. As generally, they were considered some of the best video games of all time. It certainly wasn't a runaway, but Dark Souls fans... Uh, but Dark Souls can forever stand tall as the winner of the Golden Joystick Awards Ultimate Game of All Time. Dark Souls is available for PC, PS3, PS4, Switch, Xbox 360, and Xbox One. Wow, that is a lot of competition. Holy, hold on, let me read that again. The winner received 12%, Dark Souls received 12%, 1993's Doom received 11, Breath of the Wild, 10, and then it was up against Last of Us, Minecraft, Street Fighter 2, Tetris, and Halo. Holy crap, he just barely won that. He won over Doom! I just beat Doom! <laughs> Damn! That's a tough competition. Hmm... Anyway, I thought that was neat uh, when I read that, or at least saw the title of it. I had no idea that this game even existed, but it makes sense how it's called the Joystick Awards. You know, I, considering that it was out, you know, 50 years ago. Uh, when was, yeah, 1971. The fact that it was out in 1971, that's what everyone played on. It was a damn joystick. Unless you're using your... Um, was your Commodore 64 then you were playing on keyboard? Damn. I mean, I think that's really cool. Good job, Dark Souls. You're a lovely game. I love playing you. Uh, I'm actually having a run right now where I'm doing something where I've never done before. And I'm doing a pure sorcery run. I've never done any type of sorcery in any of the Souls game. I've always done a strength build, like for Dark Souls. And then for Bloodborne, I've always done a majority. I've either split between skill and strength or skill and blood tinge. Uh, no, uh, strength and blood tinge. I've always had blood tinge just because I love being able to uh, do viscerals and have that sweet damage come in. But I do need to play a Bloodborne rendition where I do nothing but arcane. That'll be coming around eventually. So... Uh, on a less great note, uh, we actually have to, um, well, we actually have to mourn someone who literally passed away, uh, no more than an hour and a half, two hours ago. Uh, so give me a second. If you're a fan of musical theater, you will know this name. And this was brought to my attention from Shell Beast. So 
Thank you very much for the suggested uh, topic of discussion, which you can do yourself, dear listener, by emailing me at fsofpodcast at gmail.com. Whether it's a comment, suggestion, or you suggest something with supporting articles, even better. I will consider it, and I will bring it onto the podcast. So, if you're a fan of musical theater, you should know that as of this day, November 26, 2021, legendary composer Stephen Sondheim died at 91. Yes, indeed. I am reading this article from a website source that I feel is appropriate. Uh, which is uh, playbill.com. And this one's a little bit lengthier. I may summarize it uh, as I read. <sighs> Maybe not. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, he's he's done a lot. So I will um, I'll at least read a little bit of this. And if you wish to continue it, then... Uh, please do so. Otherwise, um, otherwise the link will obviously be in the description below. And yes, on YouTube, on Spotify, and on Apple Podcast, those links show up. So if you want to read these articles, you can. So, um... It writes, uh, who is this written by? This was written by a Robert... Uh, Simonson. Simonson? Simonson. If I butcher your name, I'm sorry. I'm horrible at names. Stephen Sondheim, the composer lyricist who thematically, whose thematically complex, lyrically nimble, and musically challenging scores changed the face of musical theater during the later half of the 20th century and continue to influence the genre and its artists today. Died November 26. He was 91. The news was confirmed to the New York Times by Sondheim's lawyer and friend F. Richard Pappas. Hmm. A 1994 cover story in the New York Times magazine asked, Is Sondheim God? And indeed, by that point in his career, the year his last major work, Passion, debuted on Broadway. He had attained the status of a deity in the theater. He retained that towering position for the remainder of his long life, inspiring a sort of adulation, artistic analysis, and even increasing reputation enjoyed by no other composer in his field. Quote, Mr. Sondheim bears a relationship to his vocation that is unlike that of any artist in any other field. Noted New York Times critic Ben... Branley in his review of the 2010 Broadway show Sondheim on Sondheim. One of many celebratory reviews the writer enjoyed through his career. Quote, even when his shows have been commercial flops, they are studied, revered, and eventually reincarnated to critical hosannas. That career began as auspiciously as possible as a junior partner in the team of Arthur Lawrence, Leonard Bernstein, and Jerome Robbins, who brought West Side Story to life. The musical, a New York gangland-like on Romeo... Take, excuse me, a New York gangland take on Romeo and Juliet was groundbreaking. 
and would be many shows in the man's long career. Though he chafed at funct uh, functioning only as a lyricist, he had written full songs from the time he was a teenager as the adoring protege of lyricist Oster Oscar Hammerstein II, he contributed to another instant classic, Gypsy, before finally striking out on his own with the 1962 knockback farce. A funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Though the Zero Most Still comedy was full of slapstick and broad humor, Mr. Sondheim's songs stood out even then for, the world, for their worldly wise wit and wordplay. So you're wondering, you know, what has he done? Um, let's see. He was born in, born March 22nd, 1930 in Manhattan. Um, let's see. I don't want to read all this uh, just because, you know, there's a lot here. The man is... Like, you know, the fact from that article alone, is Sondheim a god? He's done a lot. Um, let's see. Let me just see what he's written. Just because I'm sure all of you are probably familiar with at least one of his works. At least one of his songs. Uh, let's see, uh... Let's see, Sondheim recalled meeting Harold Prince in the early 1950s through a mutual friend, Mary Rogers, though Prince put the meeting much earlier at the opening night of South Pacific. Okay, so that's cool. Uh, let's see, uh, company not only musical, blah, blah, blah. Prince had agreed to produce Sondheim's next musical, um, okay, so you know what? I'm just gonna look up another article. Hold on. Let me uh, let me do something real quick. Sondheim musicals. Let's go. Okay, this is Wikipedia, so take with it as you will. Wow, he's a dashingly good-looking young man. Uh, let's see. Yep. Collaboration with Hal Prince. Collaborations with James Lapine. I'm gonna say. Major works. Here we go. Okay. Get ready for this. Saturday night. He did. In 1954, music and lyrics by him. Book by Julius J. Epstein. West Side Story. He, uh, Sondheim did the lyrics. Gypsy. Sondheim did the lyrics. Uh, West Side Story, 1957. Gypsy, 1959. 1962. A funny thing happened on the way to the forum. As I read, he did both music and lyrics. Anyone Can Whistle in 1964. Sondheim did both uh, music and lyrics. Do I Hear a Waltz in 1965. He did the lyrics. And then everything fourth he did music and lyrics so evening uh primrose 1966 company 1970s 1971 follies 1973 a little night music 1974 the frogs 1976 pacific overtures 1979 sweeney todd which is my favorite musical i love 
Sweeney Todd. 1981 Merrily We Roll Along. 1984 Sunday in the Park with George. 1987 Into the Woods. 1990 Assassins. 1994 Passion. And 2008 Road Show. So we lost. Uh, we lost a legend, um, a hard worker, a hell of a musician, a hell of a composer. Um, but you know what? As uh, the previous article said by Playbill, you know all of his work was always studied. And it always will be studied and will continue to influence way past uh, his death. He will always be remembered. And it's through his music that he will be. So, I'm so we're so sorry to have lost you, Mr. Sondheim. But you will not be forgotten. And uh, I very well may explore all your other art, uh, titles. Because I know I'm familiar with Sweeney Todd. And uh, I've watched Into the Woods live and the, the movie. But unfortunately, I'm not sure I'm uh, as familiar with your other works as I would like to be. I mean, West Side Story. Of course, I know West Side Story. I've played a. I haven't played in the like a pit orchestra for West Side Story, but you know, I've played a lot of those uh, those medleys and what have you. Yeah, I. You know, the only ones that I'm familiar with is Into the Woods, Sweeney Todd. I heard of a little night music. I'm not sure if I actually ever uh, listened to it though. I heard a gypsy, and I obviously know West Side Story. I think the majority of us know West Side Story. So, uh, yeah. It's a shame that we lost him. Um, listen to musicals. Listen to your Broadway. It's good for you. It's good stuff. Great singers, wonderful talent. Those pit musicians are no joke. Oh my god, those, those uh, men and women down there, they're amazing. One of my professors that I had during my graduate studies, he actually was visiting New York at the time uh, that he was during this story. I don't know exactly when, but he was friends with the French horn player that was down in the pit. And they had lunch together with Sonny. He's like, hey, so I got to do a show. You just want to come down into the pit and just observe? He says, sure, of course, I'll do that. So... He goes down there into the pit and he's watching his friend play horn, play this show. And he's looking around at the rest of the pit orchestra. And it is so far along into the season that a lot of them don't even have the music in front of them for the entire time, the entire musical. First half and second half, sometimes third half, depending upon the musical. But they did not have their music in front of them because it was memorized. They play that show eight times a week. Some of them actually had 
Like they were reading newspapers or they had crossword puzzles in front of them. They were just doing that in between, you know, recitatives uh, that they didn't have to, you know, when they didn't have to play. Despite it being memorized, they were still able to invoke that passion into their music and into their playing. And that's just the talent that you find on Broadway. Pure talent on stage down below and off stage with the sets uh the set director and uh the stage managers prop masters and just the crew in general you cannot forget the crew you cannot forget you know the people working the lights and and what have you so broadway show tunes they're fantastic. If you're not into them, I suggest and encourage that you try to get into them a little bit more. You might, there's a musical for everyone and you just have to find it. So that's all I can say. Requiescat in pace, Mr. Steven Sondheim. Uh, again, you will not be forgotten and thank you for all of your work. Anyway, with that said, uh, just because it's been a long drive, it's been a long day, I'm going to call that podcast here. We're going to end it short. So, as always, these articles, they're going to be within the description below. You can email the podcast at fsofpodcast at gmail.com. This podcast will be found on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And, um, yeah. Um, take care of yourselves. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Have a good week. I will see you all next time. Please join me for next time just because the topic of discussion that I have lined up is going to be serious and is going to be personal. And I'm going to do my research right in order to bring it to you. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, it's, it's going to be intense. Hopefully. More or less. It'll be another, it'll be another one, but it's going to be a serious topic. I'll just say that much. Anyway, thank you for listening. No matter, and as I always say, um, keep practicing. So long it doesn't hurt you or anyone else, keep practicing. I'm going to practice, um, you know what, just the continued bettering of myself. And I hope that you all do the same. Get some sleep. Take care of yourselves. Um, take care of your support system. Let them know that you care. And I will see you all, or talk to you all, next week. Next week, what is next week even? December 3rd, 2021. Episode 13. Okay? All right. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves. Sleep well. I'll see you all next week. Until then, keep practicing and au revoir.